was an evening satsang. It was cold. And so we went into some building and went down in the basement and into this musty, dank room, which was, oh, not even half, half the size of this room. And, and they had sets on there, and there weren't many people because it was so damn cold. I, I don't think there were even hardly 20 people there. And, uh, but he came, and uh, a man did Harikata, a South Indian man, about Subramunya. That's all I could figure, because, of course, I couldn't understand Daniel. And, uh, and, but he came in kind of late, and then he just got up and left. So that was it. So, uh, the next time was, I can't remember, it would have been at the Diamond Jubilee Hall, and I don't remember if it was the evening or morning, sorry, I should say, I remember it like it was yesterday, I've forgotten it like it was yesterday. Um, they, see, ends the, it was Diamond Jubilee Hall, how big was it compared to this? It's not, it's not quite as wide, but it was a little longer, but not that much. So it's about this area, I'd say. So I don't remember when he first spoke to me or anything. Of course, he asked me my name. And uh, see, we, we, were, we were stuck. We were staying across the river. I can't even remember where it was across the river. Was that you and Steve? We were across the Ganga, and the boats didn't run then in the evening, so we couldn't go to a satsang in the evening. We could only go to morning satsang. Oh but we weren't, we weren't at Swarg Ashram, that I remember. I don't know which ashram it was. Wasn't bad accommodation, but then we missed half the time for seeing him. So... Um, we asked around and said, is there any room for rent over here on this side? And they said, yes, down at the Rama Temple. Did you, did you ever see the Rama Temple? Uh -oh. Nothing worth bothering. Anyway, we went and this Pujari said yes. And I can't remember how much money they charged, but it was like it so often is in India. It's a place where you wouldn't keep a dog or you wouldn't even <laughs> store furniture. <laughs> and, and it was all open. It was freezing cold. Uh -oh. I mean, there were, you know, I mean, it was like out on the street, there were bars. One wall was almost virtually open except for the bars. So, but we said, well, we'll do it anyway. And so we stayed. So we stayed in the first night. God, we were freezing. This was Mahashivratri time. Oh. Yeah. It was just a week or so after Shivratri. Uh -huh. So the next morning in the satsang, which was in the Diamond Jubilee Hall, Shivananda said to me, Gopaldas, uh, where are you staying? I said, we have a room down at the Rama Temple. He said, it's a good room? I said, oh, no, not at all. He said, how much are you paying? I told him. He said, why aren't you staying here in the ashram? I said, we asked, but we were told that there wasn't any room. Oh, oh. He called for Shivadas, who was in that little narrow place, because he was kind of the manager. He called in Shivadas. Wow, man, they talked in Tamil. But let me tell you, Shivadas kept saying, Swamiji, Swamiji. And I mean, boy, he really was giving it to him. 
And then when it was over, he said, you go see him after uh, satsang. We have a place for you. And it was amazing because Shiva, of course, he was omniscient. Because he was ill in those days. He never went the farthest he went from his kutir, basically, was to uh, the, the satsang. But he told them how many empty rooms they had and where they were. And they didn't know? Oh, they, I, did they not know? Right. See, in the East, they always say there's no room. They, the Eastern Christians do it. The Russians do it. Huh. I don't know. They say, first they say there's no room, and you, you keep hanging on, and then you get a place. <laughs> and uh, so it was way up in a place called Kalash Kutirs. There was no stairs or anything. We had to climb up the... Wow. the it was hard going up and down, but we were glad. So we came twice a day. And then we could see him. Oh, I can't tell you. I could. There's no way you could know. But if you go to India and you go to his samadhi, you will feel him there. Incredible. Um, it's very interesting. It's there now. It wasn't before. I remember I felt so sad that the people who went with me the second time I, I went to India, I thought, oh, if they could have known what it was like. Well, they, they told us that the president, Swami Krishnan, only just once a week, he did worship at Shivananda Samadhi. But the Samadhi was, uh, you know, like these, oh, that's what, which I can't liken it to something in India because you haven't seen it. Anyway, it was just this small area in a, you know, cement-covered brick building with like, you know, one, with kind of like a garage door, you know, corrugated iron. And there it was, and it was only open, and, and it just once a week they did Pada Puja. That was his Mahasamadhi shrine? Yeah. And wow. so, so anyway, we went, and there was just Swami Krishnananda, and us, who, those who'd come with me, and one old man. They didn't even come for it. Well, anyway, Krishnananda did the worship, and at one point, all of a sudden, oh, God, Shivananda was there, just like always. And they could all feel it. It was amazing. But now, if you go, he's just there all the time. And in fact, the last time I was there, and of course he was there, but these women were there gabbling and gossiping. Oh and so I just said, please, Swamiji, can't you make them shut up? And they left in about two minutes. <laughs> But it was heavenly. I can't tell you. I mean, there were times, really, no kidding, when I'd sit there and I'd look out and I could see, you know, the, the, the rooftop, which were the evening satsangs were, and the sky. And I couldn't believe we were on earth. I mean, it felt, I mean, you'd feel as if suddenly you'd gone up thousands of miles and you were in a whole, you were in another world. You weren't even in the earth. You were in another world. And he would, uh, this one great saint that was the disciples, Swami Shivananda Hridayananda, we used to call her Doctor Mother. She would sing beautifully, and he would just close his eyes and lay there, and wow, the vibration! I can't tell you, nothing like it. He was a god on earth. I really mean that. Nobody like him. He was sensible, down to earth, and cosmic, and loving. Wow, real love, not this junk people dispense among themselves. I mean, real love. Parental love, nothing compared to Shivananda's love. And it was just, it was just truly, truly, absolutely astounding. And 
twice a, twice a day we, we managed. See, before he got sick, he used to sit in this one office and he'd write his books and talk to people at the same time. You could spend nine hours a day with him. Writing the whole time. Yeah. Multitasking. He'd write, and um, he was a genius of geniuses. His books are simple. They weren't written for Westerners. They were they were written for Indians that had, had a year or two of English. So they're short sentences. But some of them were written like Mind... Uh, mind, its mysteries, and its control. Or is it Concentration and Meditation? I can't remember which of the books... And he could write in a very sophisticated style. He wrote about four books mm -hmm. like that in the early days mm -hmm. before there was a Shiva Nanashram. Beautifully, beautifully written. But anyway, he was amazing. And he was a, um, a sneaky person. For example, I hated rice. <laughs> you know, truth is, I only like brown rice. I mean, white rice is, I mean, if you're going to have a plain. And to me, the smell of rice. Here in America, it's that junk from Louisiana, usually. To me, the smell of it was sickening. And I didn't like the Indian rice either. They're white rice. They're the long basmati rice. Especially in Bengali. No, no, that's rich people only have that. Oh. Uh, they had really, it's not quite rice. They call it paddy. It's a, a version of rice that they have in Bengal. And ooh, I was sickened by the smell of it and so on. So, <laughs> Mr. Sneak. One morning in the satsang hall, he spoke and he called somebody by name. And there were never many people there. I mean, there weren't even 30 people there. Oh. This great master. Now, there might be 40 to 50 people in the evening. But anyway, he was there. And he said to someone, uh, would you have lunch with me tomorrow? I thought, wow. You know? And they said, oh, yes, Swamiji. And he said, but just plain boiled rice. <clears throat> Is that all right? And they said, yes. Yeah. And then he asked somebody, then he asked this man that had some kind of divine life center somewhere in the south that was there for a week or two. And he said, uh, will you have lunch with me? No, he said, I can't. The doctor said, I can't eat rice. I thought, you idiot. I mean, really, I did. I was sweet even then, see? <laughs> I thought, you idiot. I would eat dirt to, to spend time with him. Looks at me and says, Gopal Das, will you have lunch with me tomorrow? Yes. He said, uh, just plain boiled rice. I said, yeah. He said, is that all right, just plain boiled rice? He knew I hated it. He was pulling it all for me. I was lucky. I said, oh, yes, Sanji. He said, all right. And he told me where it would be. It wasn't in his couture. And he said, now don't be late. So I thought, wow. And he asked about one other person. I was in heaven. Wow, you know. Here I was. I was going to uh, get to sit with Swami Shivananda. And uh, so I went. And there was a load of people there. <laughs> and I, there were over 40 different kinds of dishes served to us. He just told you Little that. bits of each. Uh -huh. And so he looked at me as I'm slopping it up and says, just plain boiled rice. The other guy missed out. <laughs> and, that made, and the man didn't come, see? Uh -huh. The man didn't come.